What's up everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office. Been a few weeks since the last podcast. Um, not quite so hot outside anymore. Um, it's September, so uh, the weather is changing, getting a little cooler. We've got some fires going around the state, and that smoke is kind of blocking the sun out and making it a little cool. So there is... Uh, change going on and um, that's what today's podcast is going to be about is winter fall and winter prep for your vehicle I have done these in the past so there may be some information that I've gone over before but for all the new folks and uh, people just getting into it it's uh, helpful for them to cover this stuff so I just want to say thank you Everybody that uh, follows along, all the shares and the mentions and um, our Instagram's up over 60,000 followers now and uh, the other socials is coming up fast too. So I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, These podcasts cost money to produce. So, you know, we have the Patreon account if you'd like to donate. Um, And so... You know, it all is, is helpful. So anyway, appreciate it very much. But uh, today's podcast, we're going to talk about the winter changeover. So this is important for a lot of you guys in the East Coast. And I've seen this um, happening more and more. Is that a guy will buy a truck from Southern California, Arizona, Nevada, and it will get to the East Coast and then freeze. And the cooling system will have, you know, just water in it, or the the antifreeze or coolant that's in it is old and does not do what it's supposed to. So if you guys, uh, you got to... Uh, West Coast truck, Scout, whatever, and you haven't flushed the cooling system or at least had it checked or changed, then um, it's probably important that you do that before this winter. And I know some of you guys have climate-controlled garages and you keep them in your in your house or whatever, but a fair amount of people don't have that option and they keep it, they might keep it undercover like in their barn or something like that but it might not be climate controlled so uh, i know some of this is kind of a no-brainer for a lot of guys out there but um sometimes like i said new people they don't always know what to look for so today we're going to go over that sort of stuff the winterization and when winter prep for putting them away for the season So that's the first thing that I generally suggest is as the season comes to an end, you should have the cooling system. uh, Let me back up. If you are unsure of how old the coolant is or when the last time it was changed was, I would recommend 
changing it. Flush the block, give her a good once over, make sure if you take it to a shop that they can actually remove the plugs and the block, not the freeze plugs, but the little hex plugs that, <clears throat> that you can drain the water jackets out of. Pull all those, give her a good flushing, and then refill the system with a 50-50 mix of coolant and distilled water. That is the best way to know you are protected uh, long term. Um, you know, don't use tap water. Don't use garden hose water. You will introduce more um, minerals and, and hard water into your system and create cooling problems down the road. So that's what I would recommend if you have not uh, had that done or you're unsure when the last time it was done because um, it really, you know, it doesn't hurt anything by having that done semi-regularly. I think the book, I have to check the, the manual. I know there's the sticker on the scouts that say they have lifetime coolant or lifetime antifreeze and not to change it. Um, I don't think they ever meant that it was supposed to go this long. Uh, I think there's a call out in the book and it's every five years, I think you're supposed to change it. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but I know five years is probably, probably the number that I would go with. Um, you know, even though you're not, you know, if it's sitting for half the year, it's still in the truck being used, you know, keeping the engine from freezing and what, you know, they just, they degrade that the chemicals in it can, can deteriorate. So yeah, if you don't know, have it done. And then, um, you know, while you're at it, make sure your hoses, make sure all that stuff is in good condition because you don't want to leak developing over time. Cause even with coolant at, you know, 50, 50 mix. And, and unless you're in like a super cold climate, then I think you've got to go heavier, like 70, 30 coolant and water, but that coolant and the, it'll still turn to slush in the, in the engine. It won't freeze up hard enough to push the freeze plugs out or crack the block, but it'll turn to like a slushy in there. And, um, it does not taste like lime slushy either, uh, so don't eat it. But it, uh, you know, it can swell the hoses. It can it can put stress on the radiator and things like that. So make sure that your hoses are in good condition, clamps are tight, all, all that stuff. Um, if you've got soft, if you've got freeze plugs that have corrosion on them, and they might not be leaking now, but after a season they might start weeping so you'll you'll see that in the spring when you get it out of storage and you go to start using it again you may have a, a freeze plug that'll start leaking so um again that's why you want to change the coolant keep the corrosion down um so that's the that's the first part of putting them away for winter that's probably the most important part i would say because um, if you don't have good coolant, you're looking at catastrophic engine damage. Because I've seen freeze plugs push out and still cause block block damage. Um, you know, because maybe one side won't push out, or you know, it just freezes too hard. So um, 
you know, you got to watch, got to watch for that. Uh, the other thing I recommend is batteries. Uh, if you can disconnect the positive and negative cables and put on a low amperage battery tender if you have power where your rig is stored. If you do not have power, uh, I would recommend removing the battery altogether. Um, you don't want it to freeze. Um, you know, if you can put the battery in your garage where it's in a better temperature, um, if you have that, that uh, option as well. But definitely don't, uh, don't leave it in the rig all winter hooked up because you will, it will slowly drain and then you'll ruin the battery. And then it keeps corrosion from popping up on the cable ends as well. Um, and so I would recommend doing that. And yeah, you're going to lose the radio stations on your fancy stereo. Um, so it's just part of the, part of the maintenance, you know, if you're going to park it for a season, that's what I would do. Um, you know, if you're running, um, but yeah, the battery tender is the way to go, but you got to unhook the cables. Don't just put the tender on it and then let it, because what'll happen is if you do have a drain somewhere, the tender ends up sending all of its electricity or the charge out to to take care of the drain or the draw and not uh, keep the battery charged. So I really recommend disconnecting the battery cables and then letting the tender just keep the battery up on its own. And the nice thing about that is when it comes time to uh, take the thing out of storage in springtime, your battery is topped up and good to go. And there's no, you know, having to jump started or anything like that. Because I will tell you from uh, the stories I've heard from the old days, you know, it was really common for someone to buy a Scout and then put it at their cabin in the woods, you know, in the, you know, real common out here, uh, Oregon, Idaho, Colorado, Montana, you've got some family cabin, uh, up in the mountains and the scout will sit for most of the time. And when they didn't do the prep, you had to almost guarantee you would spend half a day getting the scout going again, you know, charging the battery, fiddling with the carburetor, maybe, you know, putting air in the tires and whatever, because it, from sitting, they just didn't, uh, they, they wouldn't stay together. So I use that same kind of mindset when I talk about storage for the winter, you know, disconnect the battery, put a tender on it if you can. If you can't take the battery with you, don't leave it in the cold because um, you're just you're you're asking for to, to ruin the battery in the long term as well because cold weather is really hard on batteries i'm sure you know that but uh yeah you don't want your batteries freezing um and then so then that leads me to carburetors uh if you're fuel injected it's not quite as big of a problem because the injectors don't hold that much fuel but if you are carbureted and you're running regular gas, you that gas will sit in the bowl of that carburetor for months and turn to jelly. And then it's time to start it again and you can't run. So I recommend, you know, 
a couple weeks, that's why we're doing this podcast now and not in October, a couple of weeks before it's time to park it, get yourself some non-ethanol, preferably non-ethanol super, and start filling the tank with that. And I know it's expensive, and I know it's a pain in the butt, but it will save you so much drama in the end. You definitely, you'll appreciate it later when you're not having to fiddle with a carburetor or have somebody build it or, you know, repair it or whatever. Um, so that's the, that's an important thing. I know some guys run non-ethanol all the time and, you know, that's, that's great if you, if it's in your budget. Um, around here, non-ethanol is like six fifty a gallon right now and regular is four fifty a gallon which is still ridiculous and, and don't get me started on that whole thing. But uh, I know for some people's budget, it's not feasible to run non-ethanol all the time. Uh, I try to avoid chemicals like Stabil and the fuel stabilizer stuff because it's only going to sit for a few months, hopefully. You know, you park it in October and then get it back out in, um, you know, May. What is that? Six, six months? I don't know. I can't do math. But generally, non-ethanol fuel will hold for that amount of time. It's generally pretty stable in that respect. And, um, you know, if your fuel system is sealed up like it's supposed to be, you know, with the proper venting and, and routing, then you don't normally get a lot of air in the tank to create the... Um, the spoilage that you get because air is what causes the problem. And that brings me into the next one. And that is you want a full tank of fuel. When you park it, you want the tank to be full to the top so that there's no air in the tank or very little air in the tank to create rust. Cause that exposed fuel or the exposed tank metal inside the fuel tank will rust while you're sitting because of condensation and moisture in the air, humidity and whatnot will create rust in the tank. If the fuel tank is full to the top, then it won't rust. So if you've got one of our fancy aluminum tanks, then it doesn't matter, of course. But if you're running a steel tank, factory tank, whatever, they will rust if you let them sit with half a tank. And then the other upside is if you've got a full tank in the spring, when you go to get her out, you're, you've been greeted with a fully charged battery because it's been on the tender and you got a full tank of fuel. So you are ready to rip without having to worry about any of those sorts of things. Um, I recommend an oil change. It's nice to park them when they've got good fresh oil because if the oil's all carboned up and you know, got fuel residue in it and any kind of moisture, then all that will sit in the block and, and can degrade the oil and degrade your, degrade your stuff. So, um, I recommend a, an end of season oil change. You know, if you've only got a couple hundred miles, maybe a thousand miles on the oil change, when you go to park it, you're probably going to be okay. If you've got 5,000 miles on it between an oil change, Definitely, definitely change it. 
when you put it away. And then again, that's another bonus. When you go to get it out at the next year, it's good to go. Um, tires, that's one that, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about. Uh, if you've got good, if you got good tires and you've got it parked on concrete, you can probably get away with just leaving it aired up and, um, and you'll be all right. If you're parked in gravel or dirt in a barn, I would, you know, and it's going to sit, if you know it's going to sit for the season, you know, you're not, you live in salt country and you know for a fact that once it goes away in October, it is not coming out until May, then I would suggest putting it on jack stands. Get the tires off the ground and, and put it on stands. <clears throat> that way you don't get flat spots. The coldness of the ground and moisture in the ground doesn't creep up into the tire. I've seen tires go bad sitting on gravel where it, the tread gets um, almost impregnated by the rocks and then and then it kind of ruins the tread and then you got to drive it for several hundred miles to wear that section off and get back to regular um, rubber again or it ruins the sidewall from the flex. It just depends. So I would recommend if you're going to be on dirt and gravel, um, you put it up on stands. Just again, another step to saving your investment. All this stuff is about protecting your assets and protecting the investment that you have in this truck because we, we're not fooling anybody. The days of $500 scouts are long gone and your scout, even if it's not freshly restored and fancy, it's still, you know, if it's a daily driver scout that you're not going to fall through the floor on, you're in a, you're a 10, 12, $15,000 scout and you don't want to degrade it anymore. Don't, you know, don't make it any worse than you have to. So the, these little things that I'm mentioning, uh, you know, you could do in a day. This is all, you know, you go to park it on your way to where you're parking it or the day you're going to park it. You go to the station, you top off the fuel, non-ethanol, you bring her back into the barn, take a couple minutes, put it on stands, take the battery out of it, make sure the doors are closed, windows rolled up, and uh, make sure the hood is down or up. If you live in a place with rats, like out here, leave the hood open because the rats won't move into an exposed area. If the hood is closed, they'll live there, no problem. Hood is open, they won't. So if your interior is um, sealed up good enough that a rat can't get into the inside, then um, then you're generally pretty good there rolling the windows up and, and making everything closed. But open the hood. If you live in an area with lots of uh, rodents and stuff, leave the hood open. They won't like to live there as much. You may get some bird shit on the engine or, you know, dust and stuff, but, um, yeah, you know, now if it's in your house, you know, in your garage, you probably don't need to leave the hood open, you know, all that stuff. You know, the, the, the level of prep that I'm going over is really going to vary on the condition that you're storing it in. Uh, and all this is under the assumption that it's undercover. Even if it's one of those Costco tarp garages, 
um, you know, keeping the weather off of the rig is the, you know, the next big thing. But if you got to keep it outside and you just throw a tarp over it, then it's even more important that you pull the battery, that you've got good fuel that's up to the level, um, you know, oil change is done, that it's on jack stands, that, you know, you're going out of your way to keep it as protected as possible. You know, if you can't leave the hood open, put, um, you know, uh, decon or whatever the mouse rodent killer stuff is or traps. If you can't, if you don't have animals, if you don't have cats that are keeping the rodent population down, then um, then you've got to have some sort of some pest killer or something to keep the animals from ruining your rig while it sits for six months. You know, and if you're going to keep it tarped in the weather, be prepared for tarp burn. You know, if the wind is whipping that tarp around, it will take the paint off. So either have a, a couple of bed sheets or moving blankets or something soft under the tarp and then secure your tarp very well so that the, it doesn't scratch the paint off. Um, these car covers they make generally aren't weatherproof. If you do get a weatherproof one, they don't hold up for more than about a season. Uh, at least out here they don't. So anyway, that's what I'm getting at is the, the level of prep you're going to go to is, is directly related to the environment you're storing it in. You know, you know, like you guys with your climate control garage where it's inside and nice, you're only going to have to do a few of these things. Um, you know, the outside guys going to need to do a lot more, but that being said, the guys with the climate controlled and gals, I say guys like the, uh, the, uh, all inclusive guys, like, Hey guys, um, you folks are going to possibly even neglect maintenance even longer because you think that being in a garage, you are fine. And that's not necessarily true. Um, coolant still needs to be flushed and changed. Like I said, about every five years. You know, you still got to do oil changes. Still wouldn't hurt to put the battery on a tender and unhook the cables. And in that case too, you know, it, it limits the chances of a fire, you know, because I've seen mice chew through stuff and then it creates a short and, uh, you know, it'll, it'll short out and start a fire. So if you can disconnect the battery while it's sitting in your fancy garage, that will help protect your house from a short or a problem as well. So things to think about as far as that goes as well. Um, what else? Oh, if it's going to sit in the barn, I suggest covering the exhaust pipes. If you can put a tennis ball or put a hose clamp or, or I don't know, a plastic cap or something over the end of the exhaust pipes, that will keep rodents from moving into your nice, dry, sooty exhaust pipes. Uh, I've seen it a kajillion times where we go to start something that's been sitting for 20 years and you blow out, you know, 20 pounds of hazelnuts uh, or 20 pounds of corn out of the exhaust pipes. Uh, again, just, it's just prep. So when you got her in storage, you got to think about that sort of stuff. So keep her closed up. Uh, any holes in the body that you can cover 
um, you know, put duct tape across the floors or put some cardboard down, anything to keep a critter from being invited into your nice warm cabin, um, you know, or passenger compartment. Um, if you've got holes in the fenders for like an old antenna, I see that a lot where guys take the old antennas out and then they just have a hole in the fender. Um, get one of those pushing caps from the hardware store. Sometimes they're chrome, sometimes they're black, but they just got little fingers on them and they just snap in there. Plug up those holes because these hidden recesses in your body work, uh, critters love to get into, uh, bees, mice, all that stuff. So and, and nothing is more of a surprise than when a rig has been sitting for six months. You go to uncover it and you've got you know a wasp nest the size of a football hanging from your rearview mirror. So make sure that you have those things closed off. Um, you know, they're not as inviting for, for critters and they will move on, uh, especially the exhaust. I've seen a lot of damage come from um, exhaust pack with mouse house and, and all their food stores. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really about it for the storage stuff, you know, and, and a lot of this will work for longer term storage too. Uh, the fuel tank one, that's a tough one. If it's going to sit for more than a year, uh, it's really important that it's full of non-ethanol premium and it's full to the top. If it's going to be for multiple years, I know nobody plans that, but sometimes it happens. Uh, I'm going to suggest going the other way and draining the tank completely. Um, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> I don't know that it's such a tough call because if you drain it, then you're looking for rust. You're going to have, you know, potential rust uh, intrusion, but then you won't have to deal with a, you know, 20 or 30 gallons of nasty gas. Um, you know, so it's a tough call on that one. If it's going to sit for years and years, then you think you're just going to have to mentally prepare for a crappy fuel system, no matter what. Uh, we're pulling a scout out of a barn that's been sitting for 11 years. And we're about to go through all of this same stuff because it got parked thinking that it was going to get driven again the next year and then it sat. So yeah, I will get to experience this all firsthand here in the next week or so. But anyway, hopefully that was informative, gives you guys some stuff to think about. Um, I'm sure there's pros and cons to everything I said and someone's going to message me and tell me that I am wrong and stupid and I don't know what I'm talking about, which is normal. So anyway, uh, if you want to support us on the old Patreon, head over to Binder Boneyard Podcast on Patreon. You can do a dollar a month, whatever you want. Appreciate it. Um, follow us on the socials. And uh, until next time, I'm Dan, Binder Boneyard. Yeah.